0: This is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Would you open your Bibles today to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6? Open up to Matthew chapter... Six today we began a series i i started it last week out of second chronicles and i passed out some notes and i didn't put much to the notes other than the scripture second chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. it's probably the most popular scripture on prayer second second chronicles excuse me 7 14 and it says this if my people would you look on the screens? If my people, or you can look on your prayer notes. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sins and will heal their land. And that was what we read last week. And I want you to notice it's an if-then verse. There's, in other words, it's conditional a lot of times we say, "God, would you do this and would you do that?" And prayer is really requests that we have from God. But it's an if-then. If you will, then He will. And sometimes we say, "Why isn't God doing it?" Well, it's an if-then. Are are we doing? If if we're doing this, then He'll do this. And God's not a man that He should lie. God's not a liar. So God will do His part if we'll do our part. So last week, what I talked about <laughs> was. That it starts out by saying, if my people who are called my name, my name will humble themselves. Before prayer comes humility. I said before prayer comes humility. That uh, uh, it takes humility to pray. And if you didn't hear that, you can go on to the podcast. Just go to uh, iTunes and you can just search Memphis Tabernacle. uh, And you can find that and you can catch up on that last week. But I really recommend that on prayer... Um, that you would go back and listen to that about humility why because if you don't have humility you're really going to have a difficult time praying and so i know you might say well i I have humility well uh, we all have humility at times in our lives but we have to constantly humble ourselves can somebody say amen yeah in fact paul the apostle who was humble god used him in a big way he said i have to die daily he had to humble himself every day. So if Paul had to die daily, right, then we have to. Jesus had to go humble himself in the garden in order to do the ultimate sacrifice. So he had to humble himself. We have to humble ourselves. I remember reading, uh, listening to uh, many years ago, Dr. Cho. Doctor, it was Paul young Cho, uh, David young Cho. He used to be a... You know, kind of the guru on prayer years ago over in South Korea had a church of nearly a million people in South Korea. Kind of turned that nation around from being a Buddhist nation to uh, a Christian nation. And he, so they would, he would get asked back in the 80s and 90s, he would get asked to uh, teach on prayer all over. And he would come over to the United States to teach on prayer seminars. And I remember listening to some old YouTube videos and tapes and, you know, things about Uh, dr cho and he would he but he would say this and i'd hear him say it several times he'd say the people of the united states he's korean he'd say they have more resources on prayer more books on prayer more seminars on prayer they have more prayer topics more prayer services more prayer teachings more prayer and he would go on and on he goes but they missing one thing they don't pray You know what I mean? See, sometimes when we want to learn about something, we want to say, You know, I need a book. What, what, what's, do you have a good book? Do you have a good book about that? Can I tell you, when I was getting to know Tiffany, I didn't say, You know, is there a good, you, know, you have a good book on, on women? Men are from Mars. Women are, I said, Heck no, I ain't going to waste my time on a book. I'm going to say, Are you busy Friday night? <laughs> right? The way you get to know somebody is you, you, you go out with them and you say, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Figure out how the conversation's going to go. We're going to go sit down for coffee and talk face to face and it may be a little awkward for the first little while. But we're going to figure it out. How do you learn how to pray? You start praying. Well, I don't know how to pray. It means you haven't prayed. If, 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 you, if you start praying, you'll learn how to pray. That's why I recommend to everybody, this month, August, this month, the whole month of August, just just commit to every day, take five minutes. What do I do? Just talk your prayers. Pray your heart to God. Just pray honest prayers to God. You read it in the book of Psalms, that he's just saying, God, yesterday sucked. He didn't say that, but that's kind of like how he prayed. God, I prayed and you're not even there. That, that's kind of how his was praying. They weren't all like, you know. They were like just straightforward how things were going. And God, I'm telling you, God will take you right where you are. God just wants us to be a people of prayer. And so pray. Let's not just read about prayer. Talk about prayer. Study about prayer. Get a new book on prayer. Do a devotional. I'm doing a 30-day devotional on prayer. I don't care. Are you praying? I'm doing an online class on prayer. I've done a course on prayer. I've got a degree on prayer. I don't care. Are you praying? Amen? Amen. That's what we want to do. We want to pray. Now, is it important to study? And no, it is important to study. We want to pray. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, in all you're getting, get understanding. It's important to get understanding because um, <laughs> we can get in something and uh, we can get in something and not have understanding on it too, and we waste our time. We don't want to do that, but um, but it is important to pray. So why don't people pray? Well, I think first of all it's a lack of humility. People don't realize they need God. When I don't pray, it's because it's a lack of humility on my part. I told you last week that when I'm not praying. It's a lack of humility on my part. It's because I think, like, I don't really have anything to pray about right now. And God's like, seriously? I think you're just not aware that you don't have anything to pray about right now because you're not praying. If you were praying, you'd, you'd kinda, your eyes would be open that you have a lot more to pray about than you think you do. Somebody know what I mean? So number one, I think we don't pray because of lack of humility. But number two, I think because people don't know how to pray. And so the the best best teacher that I would think that taught us at least in the Bible to how to pray. I know today we have the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit will remind us of things that Jesus told us. But the best teacher in the Bible is Jesus. In fact, a person came up to him in Luke and said, "Lord, teach us how to pray." And so I want to read us a a little bit in uh, Matthew chapter six of just and point out a few things of how Jesus. Taught us how to pray. Look at Luke, or excuse me, at Matthew chapter six. I'm going to read some to you, and then I want you to read uh, some together. Look at Matthew chapter six and verse five. If you have a Bible, open it up. If you have an electronic Bible, open it up. I think it's important for you to open it up as you can, because maybe you'll open these things up and read them on your own as well. Okay? It says, "And when you pray, notice it doesn't say if you pray. (laughs) I don't pray. No, no, no. When you pray, and when you pray, listen. You shall not be like the hypocrites." Uh, For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corner of the streets that they may be seen by men. Can you say seen by men? Uh, Assuredly, I say to you, they have their rewards. Now, the word hypocrites literally means an actor acting something out. That's literally what a, a hypocrite is. It's an actor acting something out. They learn to pray. Have you ever seen, <laughs> have you ever seen someone that you're in a conversation with and you're like, how are you doing? I'm doing good. And you're like, hey, by the way, let's pray, uh, maybe pray over the meal right now. And you say, do you want to pray? I'll pray. And you go, okay, I'll pray. And I'll pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for this meal. right. And you go, whoa. They just metamorphosized into something else. Like, they, what happened to them? You know, they were, it's almost like, are they in a drama? What's going on? They're not—they're not real, or you know—they're—they're not themselves. They or people learn how they learn jargon, they learn how. And I'm—I'm not making fun. You're—you're not talking to him as an actor. You're talking to him as uh, with relationship. That's what he's saying. He's saying there. Don't be like hypocrites acting out something. Jesus said, "Here's why they do it." He said they do it to be seen by men. Why do they do that? They do it to be approved by men. So, in other words, they're praying so that people can look at them. Have you ever been praying and you're concerned what other people think yes. when you pray? I have. Have you? Yes. I, I've been praying sometimes and I'm wondering what other people are going to think about me praying. Anybody? Yes. You know, Jesus said, don't do that. Make sure that when you're praying, your concern's not what other people think. They're not concerned how you think, how how you're praying. If you're praying good enough, or you know, sometimes after you pray, someone goes, "That was a good prayer." That was a good prayer, and, and then you think, "I want to pray a good prayer next time," right? So we write out our prayers. We make sure that our prayers are good. Do you know that uh, uh, criticism or uh, uh, compliments and approval can both jack you up? Because criticism can make you feel bad about it, and approval can make you still want the approval the, ne- the next time. Either one, what did he say? He said, make sure that your prayers aren't to be seen by men or, or acting for that. And then he goes on to verse 6, and he says, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your father. Can you say pray to your father? Pray to your father who's in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Listen, if you don't have a father, if you don't know that you have a father, you'll always be seeking the validation of men. Let me say it again. If you don't know, I'm not saying no here. I'm not saying no in your head. I'm not saying no because the Bible says it. I'm saying no here. If you don't know here that you have a father that's listening to you, then you'll always be seeking the approval of men in your prayers. What is he saying? He's saying the first thing that you need to know in prayer is that you're praying to a father. Father, not to anyone else. It doesn't, nobody else, anybody else around, block them out. Who cares? Who cares what they think? You're praying to a father in heaven who loves you. Sonship brings security. And when I say sonship, some ladies might go, well, that's not me. No, sonship, daughter, sonship. Sonship includes sons and daughters of God. Sonship brings security. Sonship, when you have sonship, when you know that you're a son and a daughter of God, you don't need validation from people. You don't need to act and perform. You don't need to pray perfectly. Why? Because you're talking to a father. Who are you talking to when you're praying? If you're praying in prayer groups, who are you talking to when you're standing up? If I I were to hand you a microphone and I say, hey, can you come up and pray right now? (gasps) Oh, that would freak me out. Why? I never prayed in public. Yeah, but I didn't ask you to pray too public. I asked you to pray to Father. Right? See, it's the same thing is just pray to Father because you have sonship, you have security. Now, verse 7. He says, and when you pray, listen, here's here's another point. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions. Can you say vain repetitions? As do the heathen. Who's the heathen? It's people without God. As do the heathen, for they think that they will be heard. Can you say will be heard? For their many words. What do they do? They use vain repetitions, and they'll be heard for their many words. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying the motive of these people was that they, wanted, that they think they're going to be heard because of the amount of words. They think if they pray longer prayers that God's going to hear them. You know, why is it that Jesus prayed prayers like this? Like you say, you know, Nate comes up and says, hey, I'm not feeling well. I want you to pray for me. And I say, okay, let me pray for you. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Amen. Is that a good prayer? Yeah, it's a good prayer, right? You say, man, didn't, that wasn't a good prayer. Well, it wasn't a good prayer for who? Jesus prayed a lot of those prayers, didn't he? Why? He wasn't worried about what you thought. He wasn't worried about if it was going to be written up in the Bible. Right? He didn't pray it for you. He prayed it to get the results, right? Jesus said uh, that the motive was to be heard by their many words, trying to pray enough to get it right. Do you know, uh, have you ever put on when you went on vacation or you went out of town for a day or a couple of days or something and you put on that auto reply where someone sends you an email or you send someone an email and you get that auto reply like, I won't be able to return your message for three days or whatever and you just get an auto reply. What he's saying was, is make sure that when you pray, you don't have automation or auto-reply or, well, I just know what I'm going to say. I just know that I'm going to kind of do it without thinking. Jesus is saying don't pray that way. Why? Because you're disengaging heart. You're stopping heart, and you're just getting into now you're kind of problem-solving. I have a, a a real good friend who is a computer programmer, really, really good at it. And he said the way that he thinks is if he has to do anything with software and he has to do it once, he said, you know, he, that's okay, he does it. But when he does it twice, he automatically thinks, okay, I have to automate it. And then he does it three times, he thinks I really need to automate it. So he takes the extra time, he automates it so that he never has to go through a process of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He just has to go and he goes, well, I know I have to do those four things in a row. So I press boom and it goes boom, 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 and it automates it. Sometimes we want to automate things with the Lord. You know what I mean? Like, we want to go, okay, I want to get through. I kind of figured out how to get through my prayers in the morning, so I need to get this. This will take three minutes. This will take four minutes. This will take. I automate my prayers every once in a while. I get into that, and the Lord will just stop. Seriously, I I have the Lord sometimes will just stop and go, What are you doing? I go, God, I'm being efficient. (laughs) Being efficient. You know, and and I go, I'm trying to get in my journal, trying to get in my prayer, trying to get in the Lord's prayer, the tabernacle prayer, trying to get in the prayer in the spirit, trying to get in this, I'm trying to get in that. And the Lord's like, why don't you just stop it all and just talk to me this morning. And I'm like, but I don't have time to read my four chapters. He's like, why don't you just read one? (laughs) But I haven't missed a day in nine days, Lord. He's like, and Who's that for? you see what I'm saying? The Lord doesn't care. Now, I don't mean go to the other side and say, good, I don't like reading my Bible anyway. (laughs) I don't mean that, go to the other side. What I am saying is don't be efficient with God. Don't get him into a system and a pattern and an automation into something make sure it's the heart verse 8 he says therefore do not be like them for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him what is he saying your father already knows you don't need to explain everything to him have you ever finished prayer and then you're like oh i forgot to tell him this <gasps> have you ever done that like you get in there and you're like oh i forgot to tell him it was 10937." Uh, you know or or i forgot to tell him it was due by the ninth or I forgot to tell him that, that it was also this and this and this. I missed a couple of details. Like as if God was like, oh, oh, I'm so glad you told me. <laughs> no, the Father knows that all the things that you're talking about. You know, but so, so don't go on this. That's one side of it. It's not like everything like God's like, you missed something. You missed something. I'm not going to do it because you missed it. No, but on the, don't go on the other hand to go, he already knows I'm not going to pray. Because he said, your father knows the things you have need of before you ask. You need to ask. But you don't need to be freaked out that you haven't done everything perfectly either. What is he saying? Think relationship. You're going to miss things. He doesn't care. He's not concerned about that. He doesn't need you to be perfect. He already is. He just needs you to think relationship. This is a father we're talking about. Therefore, your father already knows that you have. And so he goes in verse 9 and he says, so in this manner, therefore, pray. Pray like this, this model, this pattern, this simple way. Not necessarily these words or these phrases exactly, but he's saying in this way. And he says this, our father in heaven. Can you read this with me? Come on. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, keep reading, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive your men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Okay. So prayer starts, I I want you to notice this. Pray this. Our Father. Can you say it with a loud voice? Our Father. Prayer starts with position. Prayer starts with position. Prayer starts with uh, position. Last week we talked about the posture of prayer. That's the posture of humility. But this week we're talking about the position of prayer. Prayer starts with sonship. That's the position of prayer. Sonship, it's relationship. If you jump, listen, if you jump into the mechanics of prayer... How to pray, all these things, and you're writing down, okay, I pray this way, I say this way, I do this, I do that. If you jump into the mechanics of prayer without understanding the position of prayer, you'll have a difficult time praying. Let me say it again. If you jump into the mechanics of prayer without understanding the position of prayer, you'll have a difficult time praying. You'll have a lot of notes in your Bible, and you'll go to pray, and you'll pray like this Oh, dear God. Oh God, I'm just praying from, and you'll pray from a distance, like God's way off out there at the moon. And you're trying to beg Him because He's way, way, way out there. And eventually you're like, Can you hear me? And eventually your voice will get tired and your voice will wear out and you'll stop praying. That's what happens. So if you don't start with position, you'll stop praying. You get all the understanding about prayer, but you don't understand that you have a father. You'll be praying from the outside in, in instead of from the inside out. See, I can tell a person that prays if I just listen to them pray. Person that prays prays from the inside out. They're praying out of relationship. They're praying like they know God. They're praying. They're praying like like they're talking to a father. They're praying like they have talked to God recently. Not they're talking to some far-off God. So praying from a position. Notice Jesus' model of prayer. It starts and ends with the position of family. I want you to notice that. It starts with our Father. God wants you to know this morning that you're in a family. You're in a family. Every person in this room, you're in a family. Every person listened by podcast, you're in a family. It's important to know you're in a family. Our father, notice he always refers to our father or your father. He doesn't say the father. You know, I have two brothers I, I mentioned earlier. And, and if I was with my brothers and they were saying, hey, I was talking to my dad. And my dad, I'm like, you're dead. Talking about him. And I would say, my dad, that's our dad. See, Jesus didn't say my father. He said our father. You know why? He wanted you to know you have a father. He, he only referred to father as our father or your father. He never referred to father as my father. Why? Because he wanted you to know, he wants everybody to have a father. Jesus talks about father. He shares the father. Why? He wants everybody to have a father. He always talks about father as our father. Our father always refers to our father, your father. Our father. Our father your father. It's important to God that you know that you have a father. Let me read you, let me read you a couple statistics about. I'm sure you've heard some of these before, but man this this will break your heart. Fatherless generation. Listen, 63% of youth suicides 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. That's 32 times the average. 85% of children who show behavioral, behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 20% of the average, 20 times, excuse me, the average. 80% of rapists with anger problems come from fatherless homes, 14 times the average. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. Nine times the average. Are fathers important? Fatherless homes, people who come from fatherless homes are twice as likely to drop out of school. 75% of all adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes, 10 times the average. 70% of youths in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes, 9 times the average. 85% of all youths in prison. 85% of all youths in prison come from fatherless homes. That's 20 times the average. Daughters of single parents without a father involved are 53% more likely to marry as teenagers. 711% more likely to have children as teenagers. 164% more likely to have premarital births. And 92% more likely to get divorced themselves. 43%, listen to this, 43% of U.S. children live without their father. 43% of U.S. children today live without their father. You know why Jesus says our father? (laughs) He wants everyone to have a father. Why? Because fatherhood will solve a lot of the crime. A lot of the aloneness, a lot of the despair, a lot of the trying to impress one another. Even in prayer, we get in church and we want to impress one another. We want to impress. Why? Because we don't have, we don't come from a position of knowing in our hearts that we're talking to a father. Because we don't even know, a lot of people don't even know what a father is. And that 43% is the ones who don't have fathers. But even the ones who do have fathers, that doesn't mean they have a good father. We have a good father in heaven. Jesus wants to give everyone a father. Then he says in verse 14 and 15, at the end of that, he says, if you forgive men their trespasses, the Father will forgive you. Why? Because he's talking about family relationship. I love it over in Ephesians where he says, for this reason I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is what is what his name. What is he saying? Don't just say you love the Father. You can't love the Father and not love the family. Why? Because the Father loves the family. The Father loves the kids. That's the heart of the Father. Are we still talking about prayer? I I just got a few more things to read, but I'm almost done here. Galatians chapter 4 says this. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. Listen, Galatians 4. Don't check out. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. Listen, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons... God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your heart, crying out, say it with me, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. Would you say that with me? You are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God. Not too long ago, I went to sleep. I slept all night. I woke up very early in the morning. I didn't wake up, but I had a dream. I had these words, I knew it was the Lord, it woke me up with this question. I was raised with a good father. He wasn't perfect, but he was a good father. I have a good relationship with Father God. But I woke up with this question. Are you a slave or a son? And I just dismissed it and I thought, I need some coffee this morning. I went back to sleep and I heard it again. Are you a slave or a son? It's about four something in the morning. I said, I'm a tired. <laughs> heard it again. Are you a slave or a son? Are you a slave or a son? I went downstairs and I said, Lord, are you are you trying to tell me something? And the Lord was addressing me the, the way I was praying, that I'm praying as a slave. I'm praying as someone who has no sonship rights. I'm praying as someone, see, a slave has no rights. A slave begs, a slave asks, but a son, <laughs> he's in the family. And the Lord was asking me that question. Let me Let me, let me just read this to you. Let me just read this to you. Listen. Are you praying from a position? A slave is owned, has no rights, no relationship, no authority, no input, no inheritance. A slave does just as he's told. A slave works until his masters tell him to stop, despite how he feels seeing the son sitting at the table enjoying the fruit of his labor. Listen, a son is free. A son walks with confidence in his father's backing and blessing. A son, he's not afraid of what's ahead. A son, he has his name. And he, see, I'm talking to son. Who am I talking to this morning, slaves or sons? Come on, who am I, am I talking to sons today? Listen, a son is not afraid of what's ahead because a son has his name. A son, more importantly, has his father's name. A son doesn't worry about failure because the father already has went down the path and gained the victory and blazed the trail. A son doesn't clock in and clock out of his father's house. He calls him. He hangs out with him. He gets his insight, contacts, resources, and anything that he needs all along the way. A son wins because the father's already won. The effort's not to see if if it's going to work. If the father says to do it, it will work. The son just has to listen and walk it out. The son's greatest accomplishment is to learn and advance the ways in the heart of the father, not to reblaze the trail that's already been blazed, Are you a son or a slave? Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption whom we cry out, let's say it together, Abba, Father, a tender name, sort of like saying Daddy. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Listen, joint heirs of God, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If we don't pray from the position as an heir of God and joint heirs of Christ, we will pray as beggars, not as heirs. And th- this is good today. Come on, somebody. This is good today. I said, if, if, we don't, if we don't start with our position, then we'll pray as beggars from a distance. Oh, dear God. Will you give me the, instead of as heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, he says. Okay. First Peter 2.10, who, he says, I'm just who once were not the people of God but are now the people of God he says see you you have to understand that he was quoting from Hosea back in Hosea he says for you are not my people and I will not be your God he was back in Hosea he was saying but at some point he was saying in verse 10 there it shall be that you are the sons of the living God back in Hosea they weren't called the children of God they were called the children of Israel they weren't called the children of God But Hosea said, one day, I'm not going to call them the children of Israel. I'm going to call them the children of God. And that day, Peter is saying, is fulfilled. Now, what is he saying? He's saying, who once were called the people, but are now called the people of God. And 1 John 3, says, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the, what? Children of God. And last scripture, look at Galatians chapter 3. I want you to read this out loud with me. For you... All are, come on, say it with me. For you all are sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And if you are Christ, read it with me. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise of Abraham. Listen, every person in this room, you're not a beggar. (laughs) Every person in this room, you're not a foreigner. You're not a slave. You're a son. You're a daughter of God. God's on your side. God's with you. God's behind you. God loves you. God wants your prayers to be answered more than you want them to be answered. I know that's hard for you to believe, but it's true. Jesus said, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly, what is he saying? Father, 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 father. Prayer is all about father. Prayer is all about family. It's not about God. It's about Father God. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.